Our hot takes, our toast question of the day is brought to you by Jerry Siner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Siner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. How about that? Jerry Siner Cadillac in the market for Cadillac. You need to go to Jerry Siner for sure. Jazz have 16 games in the month of April. Tonight is the first one. What are they going to do in April? Now, Locke, do you buy that theory that uh, maybe this year's postseason won't be as reflective of uh, the regular season as it should be, as it normally is? Because it's funny, B, we make, well, I don't know we make fun of it, but we sort of take the regular season as a bunch of slew of games that are somewhat meaningless, but then at the end of it, you got the standings, and it's usually the top one or two teams that represent the teams uh, from the respective conferences in the finals, right? So we sort of blow off the regular season, but at the same time, the standings, and I'd have to look and go back and check every single one of them, they're usually true. It's like uh, you don't normally get a sixth or seventh place team or sixth seed, even a five seed, that gets to the finals. The NBA Finals, maybe they can get into the Conference Finals, particularly if there's an upset along the way on the other side of the bracket. And we saw that years back when the Jazz, uh, who was it, uh, Denver upset Seattle. Is that who it was? And so then the Jazz got Denver. And then also, too, didn't they benefit from uh, the situation where, uh, was it the Warriors beat Dallas? And the Jazz were on the other side and took advantage of that and got to, to, to didn't have to play the one seed, play yep. the seed lower than them. Yeah, Dallas got up as the one seed. Yeah. So sometimes that can happen. I mean, but it's rare because I, we're just, I just recalled two times. It's not like it's happening all the time. So I don't know that I buy Locke's theory, to be honest. I think he has a tendency in all truthfulness to try to soften the blow if the Jazz should lose because he is fully invested, as Bronco would say. I don't have that emotional attachment whatsoever. I want him to win because it's fun. It's good for business. But if they lose, they lose. It really doesn't affect me either way. If they win, they win. It doesn't affect me either way personally because I'm not, I don't have that connection. I don't know these guys. I don't want them to win so desperately. And I just I have no personal investment in any of their lives the way he does. So I think he has a tendency to – try to Lou Holtz it and build up the other guy. And Denver should have just as much. The odds should be just the same between the Jazz and Denver as far as winning it all. Now, he may end up being right. But I see the Jazz, I mean, at this point, they got the best record in the league, man. And this year, the best record in the league doesn't really count as the best record in the league. Of all the years, the Jazz get it. They've only had it one other time. <laughs> and now, uh, or at least in the conference, that's really all you need to worry about for now uh, as far as that goes. And now it doesn't really count. I think it counts just as much. And, the, and it is a funky season to a degree. I understand that. But I think when you win all these ball games and you're putting the ball in the basket the way they do and shooting the way they do and, and Rudy's defense is legitimate, as I don't, I don't care what the season circumstances are around the season. Rudy's ability to defend the basket and move around and do what he does and alter shots and chain shots and block shots and prevent shots, I think that's legitimate as it comes. So with that in mind, they've got 16 games in April. What do you think their record will be? 
Adam, 16-0, baby. I expect the Jazz to win every time they step on the floor. All right, two different things there, what Adam is saying. I do expect them to win every time they step on the floor. I do. That's where I'm at with this team, expecting them to win. I think they're that good. They've proven they're that good. I can't believe this year your record isn't what it's supposed to be and it's you are who your record is. This year, no. I mean, I understand uh, the Lakers, but, you know, the Lakers got their own issues that I don't think that it's compared to the Jazz. And if the Lakers are healthy, yes, they're going to be the favorite when they get to the final or the conference final, assuming that the, the two, whoever they're playing. They get there. I don't, maybe they don't get there. Uh, but I think they're going to be the favorite. But the Jazz, they haven't built this record on the strength of beating a watered-down Laker team. That doesn't really count. Lakers have their own issues, but that's irrespective of what the Jazz are doing. They're not playing the Lakers all the time, right? Now, uh, they do have the Lakers later on this month. Twice. They go to Los Angeles. It's on a uh, April 17th, so that's uh, two weeks from tomorrow. And then they're off on – that's a Saturday, and then they're off on the Sunday, and then they play them again on the Monday. Uh, I don't expect them to be full strength by then. So they can pick up a couple of wins, the Jazz, against a watered-down Laker team, fine. But they're not 36-11 and 11 because they've beaten a watered-down Laker team 33 times. So – no, I don't buy that. It's not true. They're not going to go 16-0. and zero, But at the same time, do you not expect them to win every time? Or are you just uh, too much of a Jazz fan? And it, that, I think that's how you can judge your fandom, is how apprehensive you are, how nervous you are about these games. The more nervous you are, the more apprehensive you are. I believe it correlates to the more of a fan and the more your emotional investment. And I think all fans do this. They try to set themselves up to uh, soften the blow. Did you happen to see that Russell Westbrook thing with uh, Stephen A. Smith and Smith calling him out because he's not winning? Yeah. And then Westbrook going on and saying, well, I'm a winner in life and all. To me, I think he should have just done what – Donovan Mitchell did with Shaq. Aye. Yeah, don't give those guys life because then Smith comes back and that's exactly what they want. Believe me, I'm in this business. So then he comes back. What's his, is, is, what's the name? Is it on first take or whatever their first show's take, name yeah. is? Yeah. So then he comes back with a response because Westbrook and Westbrook's wife puts out a long, uh, basically, response to Smith criticizing Westbrook for essentially just putting up numbers but not winning. And both Westbrook and his wife go at Smith. Well, then Smith turns around and goes back and has a rebuttal to the rebuttal. That's awesome. That's exactly what they want in this business. Westbrook should have just said, all right. <laughs> Hashtag content. Yeah, I mean, this is, that was a dream come true for those guys because now they, they said something, and then they can come back and they can give the story even more legs. But I also think the athlete 
It's the cold uh, Malone story. This isn't going to ruin my summer. Like you're trying to set up that it doesn't hurt. It does hurt. Why not just say it? Yeah, I would. If I don't win a title, I'll be disappointed. Rather than throw the money at us, yeah, you're making enormous amounts of money that your people, your family, by people I mean your family, you never have to work if they don't want to. They'll never have financial worries. How must that be? I have no idea. Most of us have no idea. So in the game of life, and I've been saying this for 19 years, when it comes to pro sports, there are no losers because they're making money. And money is where it's at. And the ones who have it, they like to lecture you about it's not that big of a deal. Good for them. Uh, and, and you can find ways to be happy without all sorts of money. But uh, I, I, I just don't understand why soften the blow. Just say, hey, like uh, I'm, I'm not doing TV anymore. I, I miss it. They had layoffs. I got caught up. I miss it. Why well, say, oh, well, I'm glad I don't have to do it. No. Be honest. Be honest here. And I think that's what the fans do. So they want to soften the blow by saying, eh, really not that good. I get it. You're a fan. You've got that emotional investment into your, into your team. 16 games. What is their record? I will tell you what I think their record will be. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I'll tell you about the Dyslexia Center of Utah. Get your foursome together and sign up today for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds go to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. Dyslexia Center of Utah dot org. All right, talking about the Jazz, a new month is, is behind us. The penultimate month of the season. Yeah, we're getting there. Excited to get there. Jazz have 16 games this month. What are they going, my friends? What do you think they're going to be? Expect them to win every time out? I do. Will they win every time out? No. But I believe in this team. I think it's legitimate. I think at this point here, they have proven legitimacy. They have earned the right to be number one. Now, to some extent, absolutely health is factored in. And we have to assume when we get to the playoffs that these teams will be healthy. I buy all that. So that doesn't make them the overwhelming favorite. When you got the Lakers sitting over there with LeBron and Anthony Davis proven, you go that way. Tony, to be honest and real based on how they've been playing the past 12 games, I will say 11-5. and five. But if Bogey gets going, it will be easily 13-3. and three. That's an interesting concept when you think about that with Bogdanovich because he hasn't been going. So you talk about you know these teams that made trades, and I agree with Locke. Denver looks really good. And Aaron Gordon was what they needed. And he's not a superstar by any stretch. And I agree when we had Locke on here last hour. He's talking about how if Gordon gets past the fact, okay, you're the fourth pick of the draft, whatever it was, you're not going to be this superstar. I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I agree on that. But he can be a vital piece on a really good team. Then you have Mike Smith. We had him on. Uh, earlier in the week, and he was saying that, you know, he thinks uh, 
Aaron Gordon, I'm trying to recall it accurately, is a nice piece, but he's looking at Porter, Porter Jr. to take off. Porter Jr. takes off, then they can be good. You know, he had the issues in college, sat out, I think, his first year. And so what would be this his second year since he's been in the league in terms of playing? And maybe he's a little bit better piece. If he gets it going, Denver's going to be a tough out either way. Uh, I totally agree on that. They've underachieved in the regular season, and they're starting to get it going now. And once you get to the postseason, uh, what you did in the regular season, if you can overcome it, then it doesn't matter. So the Jazz, the point I'm making is the Jazz didn't have a big pickup uh, close or near or at the trade deadline. But if Bogdanovich can play more consistently than the way he did last season, then that's sort of a pickup because you haven't been getting the production that you've been getting from him in the past, right? So you follow that train. Does that make sense, Yak? you get what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I follow you. Yeah, so if he can increase his game, then that's sort of like getting not a new player, but you're getting production that you didn't have. And that's essentially what Aaron Gordon is providing the Nuggets. They're getting production that they didn't have. Now, it is coming from a new player, so it's a little more obvious and easily identifiable. Uh, well, so, just to ahead. kind of talk about what you're talking about with with Bogey in particular, you, you realize how long ago it was that we've seen Bogey playing at like the quote unquote peak of his powers. It's a year ago. We have not seen him since before the season was disrupted yeah. last March, and he, he was out for all of the bubble. He's been struggling to come back this year. He's had his moments, obviously, but he's not right. where he was at previously. And that's no. if you can get that back. Yes, you're right. That's a, that's an instant upgrade. Yeah. And is it going to come? Uh, I don't know. I can't say for sure uh, because I've been looking. I see signs. We saw it uh, the other night with uh, Mitchell out. Yep. He comes out. Man, he hits the threes right off the bat. Gives them exactly what they needed to be competitive early. Uh, and it was 5 of 12 from three. I pretty much take that just about every game from him going forward. Uh, five threes. Obviously, that's a huge addition. So that'll be something, Tony, that I agree with what you're saying there, that that is something to watch. If Bogey gets going, the Jazz can be easily 13-3. and three. Eric says, looking at all the games, I'm expecting 12-4. and four. Depends on LeBron and AD. Jazz have a couple of games against the Lakers. Right. Two weeks from tomorrow is the first of a two-game series. So two weeks from tomorrow on the 17th, they play in Los Angeles and then they're off the Sunday, and then they stay right there and play the Lakers again on the Monday. They play every Monday in February, or February, every Monday in April. And that's the second. My guess is those two guys are not back. They've got to be closer to getting back. The Anthony Davis thing, uh, I went uh, on the air right off the bat. I know somebody who's in, to, in touch with Laker people. And when he went down, he said, uh, they're going to downplay it a little bit, but this is serious. It's going to be a long-term in terms of this season injury. And so far, yeah, it is. Because it's been a while now. You know, he was going to be out two weeks before the All-Star break, and then they would look at it. And, uh, all right, we're, we're getting to be a month past the All-Star break now. And he's still not playing. That's what Mike Smith was saying, too, earlier in the week. Keep an eye on that because he has an injury history. 
and last year he was healthy in the playoffs. Well, he had three months off before the playoffs. Exactly. You know? And so he had plenty of time to get his body where it needed to be. It's unfortunate for him, but he's had injury issues. And the Lakers come back down to earth big time if he's not playing because I don't think LeBron can do it. Smith was talking about in terms of winning it all, this was the weakest team that LeBron had. Yeah, he says the supporting cast was yeah. the, the worst he's ever played with. And right. that's kind of significant coming from him considering some of the supporting cast we've seen LeBron carry to different heights. Yeah, and he took that one team that got swept, I think it was by San Antonio in the finals yeah, that way Cle- back when. That Cleveland team. It was like 2008, yep. somewhere in there. Mo, Mo Williams was yeah. their second best player. Okay, and they played in a watered-down Eastern Conference. It's amazing that the Western Conference has been the better of the two conferences for now for well over a decade, but that's clear. It is. Uh, so he was able to get through there, and then they got swept. But they didn't win it. In terms of winning it, Mike was talking, Mike Smith, jazz broadcaster, longtime Clipper broadcaster, was talking about that was the weakest team he had to win it. And a lot of it was dependent upon Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis had three months off. Not going to have three. Well, actually, he will have, he could have three months off, I guess. It's just that nobody was playing during that time as opposed to we're playing now. So that's something to to take a look at and watch as far as that goes. A lot of middle of the road, 13-3. and three. Gwen, 13-3 and three with the fist sign she's added. Rob, 14-2. and two. Man, they go 14-2. and two. It's funny because how about this? Do you buy this? The more they win, the more pressure it builds in the postseason. Oh, Absolutely. Because if they go 14-2, and two, man, what's that put them? That's freaking nearly an 800% winning percentage. And David Locke joins us last hour talking about Jazz right now. Statistically, one of the 12 best regular seasons. Now, I'd have to see what those other teams were and where their finish was in the postseason. So... I'm not suggesting that the Jazz should throw games to take the pressure off. Pressure is whatever you make of it and how you respond to it. Uh, Some guys respond to it better than others. Other guys, uh, I mean, they want it. And if the Jazz continue to roll, and they've won seven in a row right now, should go to 9-0. We come back here Monday morning, should be 9-0, the winning streak. Stretches to 9 you having multiple double-digit win seasons in a 72-game season. That's pretty doggone impressive. Uh, so with that in mind, that amps up what the postseason is going to be. But that's fine. That's good. Fine. See what you got. And the more people that doubt you, the more people you could say, ha-ha, if you do it all, win it all. I mean, if you don't, well, then they're going to say, see, I told you. There's somewhat of a no-win situation, too. If it's either win the title or you choked, and that's hard to get there. But that's where they're going. That's where they're definitely going. As I look at the schedule, I'll just run through it real quick. we got Ken Pomeroy coming up, talk about the Final Four. Next, you got, these two I expect them to win. So, I get, so I'll go through the wins. Chicago and Orlando. Yes, 
Sacramento, yes. Washington, OKC, yes. So what, I got five. Indiana, yes. Uh, Houston, at Houston on the 21st, yes. So that's seven. Minnesota, they got a two-gamer, same thing after the Lakers. The following week, they got the two-gamer with Minnesota, although they're both not in the same location. It's a home-and-home. I expect them to win both of those. So that's nine. And then another game at Sacramento, that's ten. So minimum, uh, what I said, 16 games. So minimum 10 and 6. Can we all agree on that? The questionable games, maybe the 50-50 at Dallas, at Phoenix. Portland at home, am I okay with Portland at home? I think they should win that, but Portland at home, man, when you're facing Lillard. I was going to say. And, and McCollum, and those guys can go for 75 between them. The firepower, man. And we don't really blink an eye, man. If they're on, I mean, if Lillard's on, he's as dynamic as anybody in the league. I think we would all agree on that, right? Uh, the Lakers, well, if, if Davis and, and LeBron are not playing, then I got two wins there, but I don't know that situation. And then two ball games at Phoenix. Phoenix uh, on Wednesday, this coming on the 7th, ESPN game, and then the last day of the month. So four weeks from today, they close out the month on April 30th with a ball game at Phoenix. Phoenix is interesting to me, man. They're an interesting case study. Seems like everything they did for so many years was wrong. You realize how many top five, top ten draft picks they've whiffed on? Josh Davis, Alex Lynn, Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, these are all top 10 picks. And funny, like the Jazz, obviously the Cantor pick was not a good pick. Right? Just not, They get Burks later on in the draft. Uh, and they haven't had that many top 10 picks. Hayward was a good pick. Uh, but then they score on Mitchell and Gobert. They were not top 10. Obviously, they should be top 10 picks, but they weren't. And so it's sort of the same thing with the Jazz, or the Suns, uh, only they've whiffed on so many of them, man. They should have been much better earlier. Uh, here, they get the number one pick with Aiton. Did they whiff on Aiton because Doncic was sitting there at three? I don't think they whiffed, but obviously they should have taken Doncic. There's no question about it, man. It's a thousand times better. At least they're getting something. Marvin Bagley for Sacramento seems to be hurt all the time. And they don't think that he's uh, putting up the production when he's healthy. Uh, so Sacramento, big time whiff on that one. Aiton is contributing. He's not asked to do a whole lot now. Booker, Booker was not a, I think the, he was like 13, 14. I think the Jazz went uh, 13, and they took Lyles, and then the Suns took Booker, and they were going to take whoever the Jazz didn't take. Thankfully for them, the Jazz took the lesser of the two. Lyles hasn't done a whole lot. I think he's sitting on a bench in San Antonio. And then the Jazz, uh, the late, uh, excuse me, the Suns swoop up Booker. Booker's a player. And then they've got some nice pieces around him. Mikhail Bridges was a decent draft pick. And obviously the trade with Chris Paul, and away you go. So my guess there on paper, I would think that uh, I would give that a split with the Suns. 
both those games in Phoenix. Suns win both of those games and do what they're probably capable of doing the rest of the way, man. Maybe you got to consider the Suns. I think we'll know more about Phoenix uh, at, at the end of the month. So I'd go split there. So right there, I'm up to uh, basically 12 wins. And if I give them Portland, that's uh, 13. It's hard to find losses in this 16-game schedule in this month. Dallas, I think at Dallas, they're one of these teams that uh, any given game is dangerous. Porzingis, decent player. Is he available? Will he play? Because he's sort of in and out of the lineup. Doncic, you can count on him. He's a foundation piece. I think he's first team All-NBA. There's very few players in the league I would take above him, particularly when I factor in he's like 21, 22 years of age. Can he get better? Well, as I watch him, it's hard to imagine that he can get better. But if I look at his age, I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way he doesn't get better. So that'll be a fun game on Monday. That's a 5 o'clock game on our time, which I thought, I guess this year, usually the, uh, the NBA gets out of the way of the college basketball, but not this year. Because that's uh, finals night, yeah, right? Yeah, I think with the tighter schedule, they, can't, they, they just can't, can't do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So the good thing is that the college game, I, don't, I haven't seen the time. Normally it starts about 7 o'clock our time, doesn't it? Uh, Typically, As far as yes. that goes. Yeah, so the good thing about the Dallas game, and maybe, this, maybe so, maybe they moved it up an hour because that's uh, 6 o'clock Central time, be 5 o'clock our time. That's like an East Coast game in the Central Time Zone, and maybe they did that because of the NCAA final. So that's cool. I won't have that big of an interruption. And speaking of the college final, we got Ken Pomeroy coming up next. Give us his numbers take on what's going to happen in the Final Four. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.